0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals set targets in 2015 for ending poverty and hunger, improving education, and protecting the environment at a global scale since then investors asset managers and financial advisors have been working to identify the impact of publicly traded companies products and services on all 17 of the sustainable development goals my podcast guest today is patrick wood uribe ceo of util the fintech company which recently launched a new sustainability analytics platform that allows users to explore and compare The Sustainable Development Goal impacts of almost 50,000 listed companies, as well as mutual funds and ETFs, in order to screen investments and generate portfolio reports. Hello, Patrick, and welcome back to the Sustainable Finance Podcast.
1: Thank you, Paul. It's great to be back.
0: Yes, we spoke eight months ago. And since our last podcast conversation, a lot has happened at UTIL since then. So we're going to go over some of your new protocols and platform uh, options today. And we'll jump right in. You can tell us how investors, asset managers, and advisors can benefit from the interface between the UTIL sustainability analytics platform and the United Nations sustainable development goals.
1: Well, that's a great start thank you paul and uh and I'll, I'll actually start with the last of those three three things which is the uh the un sdgs themselves which are a really helpful uh holistic kind of interconnected framework and i think one of the things that's uh, that's kind of growing uh, and we see as a sort of growing area of interest among our clients is uh a greater sense of kind of understanding the various different uh interconnected impacts of things so sort of moving beyond you think of the uh the traditional uh, three pillars of E, S, and G, and to try and understand how those things are interconnected. So the SDGs is is one of the really important key components. But at Util, we also have a slightly different approach uh, when we connect companies with those SDGs, because we're looking at the products that those companies sell rather than the uh, claims or promises that companies make. And that means that we're measuring the impact of what companies are selling, which increasingly is a really vital part of how the world is thinking about uh, sustainability in general. Uh, and then in between those two things, we have an evidence base of about 120 million peer-reviewed texts. And we use machine learning to process all of those. And uh, I remember from our last conversation, we went through some of uh, the details of that. Um, and uh, that gives us a, a, a uniquely impartial, but still really detailed view uh, of how companies contribute uh, to the SDGs. So that's that's the this kind of overall, uh, uh, I would say, kind of, benefit of using the the kind of util methodology. But we've made some really significant improvements over the last few months since we last uh, spoke. And the first is that we've expanded our coverage. So we started out covering uh, almost 50,000 publicly listed companies. And what we've done recently is that we've expanded to include about 6,000 ETFs and mutual funds on top of our existing coverage. Um, so that's a, a significant uh, extension. And then the next thing is, more recently, we've released a web portal for our clients, which allows them to explore the impact of any listed company for themselves, and they can see what products or services that impact is coming from. And uh, that now also applies to obviously to ETFs and mutual funds that we've added. So um, in that web portal, clients can upload their own portfolios. They can see their overall impact. They can see the detail of which companies and which Products are making the biggest contributions, both uh, you know, in a positive way or a negative way, to every SDG. Uh, and they can also use the the web platform to screen down from an overall universe of companies uh, to focus on particular SDGs and any weighting of those SDGs as well. So there's a there's a huge amount that we've packed into the last few months.
0: Wow! So there's a lot going on, right? And uh, I understand that you're also working to incorporate more small and mid-sized companies into this analytical process. Uh, last time we spoke, uh, you, you, we talked about the fact that many of those companies are, have difficulty generating the data that investors are looking for. How is that changing within the markets as a whole, and as, especially as we get new generations of investors wanting to buy into companies that they think have a long future?
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I think the key thing, what's very interesting about this is that there's um, there's a, a slight distinction, and I think this is in some ways where uh, a lot of the technology that we can use is much more beneficial than the kind of traditional mechanisms uh, of of the last kind of couple of decades or or, or even last century, which is that for smaller companies, uh, as you say, there's a struggle to generate the data. Large companies they they obviously have a lot of resources to put into uh, making. Uh, a lot of this um, uh, sustainability reporting seamless uh, and easy for investors to consume. That's not the case for smaller companies. It's a lot more difficult for them to do. But having said that, uh, generating data for themselves um, is one of the things that is is actually quite complicated for investors uh, when they look at companies. When companies do this for themselves, obviously it skews the data towards large companies with the resources to do it. So it's harder for investors to understand smaller companies, um, and it also means that that uh, that data is being generated by the people who have a, a clear stake in making sure it looks good. And so what we want to do is sort of escape that uh, that kind of cycle. And that's where the technology that we use comes in. I think one of the key things is there's, there's a difference between sourcing data about those small companies. And having those companies uh, have to take up the burden of generating that data, it's much better if we can find out about those companies separately and independently, and then surface that and provide it to investors. Which is where we use uh, the technology that we do, uh, particularly AI and, and natural language processing. And that, to my mind, is a much more impartial and better way to get that coverage uh, rather than sort of placing the burden on them to generate that data. So it's it's uh, it's a really key use of technology to kind of make sure that we get that coverage. And that of course, benefits investors in two ways. One of them is that obviously, I think with the greater interest in sustainability, it allows, uh, as you say, you know these these sort of uh, growing uh, and incoming generations of investors to really, align their investments with their interests and then at the same time I think it's it's uh, it, it's really key to diversify risk across a much much broader range of potential investments and so that's where you want to get that kind of small and medium-sized company coverage as well
0: so if I understand what you're saying correctly Patrick it sounds like we're we're starting to move away from the box checking experience of data collection about companies. Uh, and I'm assuming that the same thing uh, will is or will ultimately be um, done with ETFs and mutual funds. So let's talk about how your expansion of coverage of mutual funds and ETFs is going to help to democratize research opportunities for participants in the types of funds that most young generation. People are contributing to as employer-sponsored retirement plans. How is that working, and how are you able to interface with that whole process?
1: Well, so that's a, a great question because I think increasingly we see, obviously, ETFs are an incredibly popular uh, kind of instrument for investors overall, um, and it is, you know, as you as you point out, I think generationally there are some features that that are very very appealing to uh, sort of the that sort of growing. Um, and and uh, I'm trying to find the, the best way to describe it, but the, that sort of growing segment of the market, particularly the younger generation, um, what we always wanted to do at Utah was to make sure that all investors have a chance to understand and ultimately shape the sustainability impact of their investments. And that naturally sort of includes employer-sponsored plans. Um, and what we found is that when we expanded to cover ETFs and mutual funds, that covers The the kind of all-in-one approach, of it It might be a given mutual fund, uh, or it might be uh, particular investments that uh, that you might have selected yourself. You might have worked with their own advisor. You might have worked with the the kind of uh, in-house system at one of these large uh, asset managers. But what we're doing with our approach is we're making sure that those investors can see the real world impact of that fund or the underlying companies in it. And, and when I say real world impact, is, is what I really mean is f- being able to see whether what the company is selling and the revenue that it generates from that is really making the, the world better or worse. Uh, and that's a sort of fundamental question that I think is really, really key for investors, especially as we look to the next few years, where these questions are really becoming more and more important.
0: Now, Patrick, uh, tell us a little bit about the the asset management firms whose mutual funds and ETFs your uh, your providing data around now? Are there particular portfolio management firms that you're focusing on? Are you doing this on a global scale? Is it confined to the developed markets or are the developing market portfolios included?
1: It, it includes everything. So One of the things, as we looked, and this, this goes back a couple of years, but as we looked at the overall market for uh, data about the sustainability of companies, what we found, what was really missing was uh, a, a, a way to cover everything. Because if you only focus on particular segments of the market, it means that you know if you really succeed, what you're actually doing is concentrating the market in that place rather than actually helping to, to diversify. Um, so it, it was really key from the beginning to make sure that we had a, a very broad coverage In order to do that, we also needed to make sure that we had a consistent way to approach all these different places and uh, sectors, industries, geographies, et cetera. So that's one of the reasons we developed the methodology uh, in the specific way that we did. Um, And so we do cover uh, global uh, listed companies. So that's every geography um, uh, in the world, every every exchange, um, and it's every listed company. When we work with asset managers, um, and particularly around these different funds there are a couple of different ways that our product feeds through um it it might be in the analysis of a particular fund it could be in passing along that information to clients directly which is you know what is the the particular sustainability profile of a given portfolio or a given fund uh, so there are a few different ways that that feeds through but it's it the coverage is global um, with that specific goal in mind of making sure that we sort of satisfy the the various different investor preferences and also uh, enable them to diversify risk as much as possible.
0: see, okay. So we've spoken in the past also about the fact that Util's focus on measuring is the what instead of the how in sustainable investing by singling out the most important things a company produces, its products and services. Tell us how that benefits investors in portfolio construction.
1: Sure. Um, so, as I think about this, there are two key things. Um, the first is a trend that we're seeing uh, towards understanding the role of a company's products in the company's impact on the world in general. So, um, what we were seeing over the past few years in sort of the traditional ESG world was that investors would keep seeing companies that are well-run or they mitigate their risks very well, but they're actually selling products that do enormous damage in the world. And there there are a a number of of examples that you can think of. Um, And what we're already seeing now is a shift towards understanding products. So that answering that question of whether the company is selling stuff that makes the world better or worse, that's already appearing in things like the EU taxonomy, which is including products. So that, that trend is already happening. The second thing is um, is, I would say, something more than a trend, but more like a kind of logical next step or an evolution, which is that it's it's sort of obvious, if you think of it from a financial perspective, you can't get a complete financial picture of a company without understanding its products and services. You just sort of wouldn't invest in something if you don't have any idea what they sell. And that kind of logic is now applying to the sustainability of those products and services. So it's a very natural next step, um, when you think about sustainability, to, to answer that question of you know not only is this a good company of its type or does this company have sound environmental policies, et cetera, as we've seen in traditional ESG? But the next question is, well, what do they sell and do those products make the world better or worse? Or do they do both? Like many products are actually both good and bad in differing measures. And so we we try to understand that as best as we can.
0: Right. So, for example, a beverage company would be producing a beverage that is healthy and good for people, but they're putting it in plastic bottles to sell it. And so they're doing the opposite side of sustainability from their packaging perspective. Right. Okay, Precisely. So, so this is a, a way of sort of taking that process apart and understanding better what's involved at the core uh, when it comes to sustainability solutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i'm assuming that uh, that your work is very valuable to the companies that uh, at in that process
1: yeah we, we absolutely hope so
0: good good now we've talked in also in the past about the access that your platform has and provides to academic studies, many, many of them, uh, and the data research within the UTIL platform um, that continues to expand around that type of research. Since we last spoke, let's remind our listeners of the value that this provides to UTIL clients and tell us how that expansion is continuing
1: sure so um so yes I'll, I'll start with uh with with the value of the the academic and scientific texts that we use particularly um and the key thing is is that it's really important and i, I mentioned this in passing a little bit earlier um it's really important to have independent evidence so evidence that doesn't come from the company themselves telling us what what they they think we should we should think in other words, um, but it's especially important when it's on complex topics uh, where it's sort of difficult evidence to navigate. It's really really important to have that evidence be completely independent. So we avoid the kind of self reporting, company pledges, and so on. At the same time, we can't just get our evidence from anywhere. So we have to make sure that it's really high quality. Uh, we uh, have to make sure that it's been vetted. That it's that it's uh, actually that the people. Uh, whose texts we are reading actually know what they're talking about and those sorts of things. So we use peer-reviewed academic and scientific texts. Uh, And that means that all of the evidence is uh, originally written by experts in their field. It then gets reviewed by other experts in the same field before we even process it. And then, of course, the, the other kind of, I'd say, principal value is that we're looking at over 120 million of these texts. So when we're looking at it, we get the most complete perspective that, that you can possibly put together. So that's that's the sort of basic principle behind the text that we use. What we're working on at the moment and how we're expanding our, our kind of coverage of this um, for our clients is especially exciting, which is a really, really key kind of key and very cool development, um, which is obviously it, it's important to have Uh, independent, uh, impartial evidence, but we're about to take it one step further with our client uh, portal, which I I spoke about earlier. What we're planning to do in the next few weeks is actually show our clients the connections that the evidence points to. So a good example, you you pointed out beverages and plastic bottles. Uh, A good example might be smartphones, which we all know and use. Uh, Overall, our data shows uh, that smartphones uh, contribute positively to SDG three, which is good health and well being. And you can imagine where that comes from things like uh, health monitoring, access to health information, uh, telehealth, those sorts of things. But in a couple of weeks, our clients will see that some positives come from things like early warning systems for disease outbreaks, which is covered in our academic texts, or increasing access to mental health support. But there are still some negatives like Something that doesn't necessarily immediately spring to mind, but it's totally obvious, which is the impact of cell phones on road accidents. So that decreases you know good health and well-being because it contributes to, to obviously to um to, to incidents on the road. So being able to see those connections from an entirely independent evidence base will be a, a a first as far as I'm aware. And we're really, really excited about providing that to our clients.
0: That's terrific. Wow. So the the the, the the body of data just keeps expanding exponentially right and there Absolutely. are more and more things to look at tell our listeners about the collective company engagement protocols that util data is supporting in partnership with leading asset managers one of the things patrick that i'm seeing across the industry uh, is more collaborative efforts Across all of the expertises that are out there, so tell us what you're doing in that area. Well, so this is
1: a really exciting development uh, that we're seeing, um, and I'll I'll back up a little bit uh, to to cover this concept of engagement because I think that the specific area that we see it is when, um, as as we can all imagine, um, large asset managers obviously they hold a really large number of companies across a lot of portfolios, so that's you know being uh, they are a shareholder of a huge number of companies, and that means that they they can participate in all of those shareholder votes. And we all know that that's a really important way for investors to have a say in the direction that a company takes. But if you think of it from the other side, which is for those asset managers, that means they might have tens of thousands of votes per year (laughs) that they can participate in. And so, it's obviously an enormous task to manage uh, to figure out exactly um, where to focus their attention. So, our data one of the things that we've been working on with uh, with uh, two of our, our larger clients is uh, how to help them focus on particular areas where their investments have the most impact, good or bad. So focus where it's most positive, focus where it's most negative, but also zero in on specific issues that they care about most and that they want to focus on. So it sort of it it allows them really to uh, start to to um, I would say to whittle away. Uh, some of the noise uh, when you think about all those tens of thousands of possible votes they could be taking, and really start to zero in on where they can make the most difference uh, on the things that they care about most, and that's obviously a, a really exciting development for us.
0: Wow! So that there's a lot to look forward to there around a company and uh, an asset management engagement. I'm sure so. Patrick, uh, we're out of time, unfortunately, for our for our questions today. But please tell our listeners where online they can learn more about utils analytics platform, and how they can get in touch with you with questions about the, the topics that we've discussed in today's program.
1: Absolutely. Well, first of all, Paul, this time, uh, as as always flies by. <laughs> so uh, thank you for your questions. Sure. Um, and, uh, and to answer your your last question um uh please do visit our website util.co so that is util.co uh to find out more there's plenty there uh and if you do want to get in touch please do so anytime at info at util.co so that's info at util.co and uh, we'd be happy to be in touch
0: terrific well thank you again very much patrick wood uribe ceo at util and for our listeners please tune in again next week for another episode i'm paul ellis your host for the sustainable finance podcast